Hey friends, this is Rick Renner. I want to say welcome to today's program. Today we're wrapping up my brand new series, which is called How to Open the Window of Heaven Over Your Life, What the Bible Really Says About Giving. This is the first time I've ever dedicated an entire week to the subject of giving. But my responsibility is to bring teaching you can trust. And this subject of giving is a very important subject. In fact, Jesus spoke about money more than any other subject. The second subject that Jesus talked about more than anything else was hell. And isn't that interesting that money and hell are the two subjects today that people don't like to talk about. But my friends, money affects our life. And God says a lot about money. And we need to understand how to open the window of heaven over our lives and really know what the Bible says about giving. We saw in Monday's program that God is generous with the generous. If you're generous, God will pour generosity back into your life. We saw on Tuesday marvelously that God responds to sacrifice. We saw the example of Solomon. And when he came with such a marvelous sacrifice, God was so impressed. God showed up that night and said, Solomon, just ask me anything. What do you want me to do? That's how God responds to sacrifice. Then we saw how to open the windows of heaven over our life. And what happens when that window is opened? And then yesterday we saw what Jesus had to say about generosity and giving. And today we're going to see what the Apostle Paul had to say about generosity and giving. But all of it is in this series. And my friends, I want you to have it because this will affect the quality of your life. And it comes with a wonderful study guide so that you can read it all while you're hearing it or while you're seeing it, we really want this teaching to get down deep inside you. And today's the last day that we're offering it in the program this week. And today is also the last day that we're offering you my book called A Life Ablaze. It's quite a substantial book. And when you go through this book, you're going to find all the ingredients you need to have in your life so that you stay on fire for Jesus to the end of your life. So many Christians begin in a blaze of glory but then the fire goes out as the years go by. That is not the will of God for your life. You're to start on fire, to stay on fire. And this entire book is about how you can be a life ablaze. You can order all of these things right now by calling us, or you can go online to order them. And when you become a partner with our ministry, we're going to send you two books because we always send these two books as our gift to anybody who joins our partner family. And a partner is anyone who regularly financially supports our ministry to help us take the teaching of the Word of God to somebody else. We all need to help somebody else. And when you become a partner right from where you are, right in the privacy of your home without even getting out of your chair, you can do something to change another person's life by going online or by giving us a call. You can become a partner and reach beyond your world into somebody else's world to bring the light of God's word to them. And the moment you join us as a partner, we're going to send you my book called Life in the Combat Zone and Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. These are our gifts to you as a new partner. And please let us know how to pray for you. We really want to pray for you. We're praying people. The Bible says in Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me and I'll answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things. And if you'll call us, 
or send us an email. Let us know how to pray for you. We'll call out in faith. God will hear us. God will answer us. And God will really do mighty things. But I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. My friend, today we're going to see what the Apostle Paul had to say about generosity and giving. But one of my favorite verses about the subject of giving is in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, where the Apostle Paul says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And when he says, be not deceived, it means don't let anybody lead you astray on this subject because God is not mocked. And it's really a picture of somebody that's saying, ah, it works for everybody else, but it doesn't work for me. Paul says, no, 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 no. Don't turn your nose up at God and say it works for everybody, but not for me. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Here is a rule. Here is a spiritual law that is never violated. And then he gives us the law. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Whatsoever. Which means if you sow love, you're going to reap love. If you sow forgiveness, you're going to have a harvest of forgiveness. If you sow mercy, you're going to receive a harvest of mercy when you need mercy. If you sow patience, you're going to receive a harvest of patience when you need other people to be patient with you. The Apostle Paul gave the principle whatsoever. It doesn't matter what it is. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. And the Greek is so very important because the tense means whatsoever a man sows and sows and sows and sows and sows. It doesn't describe a one-time sowing, but a habitual, continuous sowing and sowing and sowing and sowing. That shall he also reap. The word that is very emphatic. That, the very thing that he sowed, that is the very thing he's going to reap. So the spiritual principle is if you sow love, that's what you're going to reap. If you sow patience, that's what you're going to reap. Likewise, if you sow finances, that is what you're going to reap. And the word reap, the Greek tense agrees with the word sowing, which means you could translate it. Be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man sows and sows and sows and sows and sows. That is the very exact thing that he will reap and reap and reap and reap and reap, which means the measure to which we sow and the regularity with which we sow determines the measure that we reap and the regularity with which we reap. So if you just sow once, you're going to reap once. If you sow consistently all the time, you're going to reap consistently all the time. Your sowing determines your reaping. That is exactly what Paul says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. He says, my friend, on this subject, be not deceived. God is not mocked. This is a law that is never violated. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Wow. That verse has affected my entire life. And my friends, if you really get a grip on the fact that everything in life is about sowing and reaping, it will change your whole life because you will realize every action has a result. The way you speak to others determines how others are going to speak to you. The way that you give is going to determine what comes back to you. But hey, let's go back to our anchor verse, which is in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Where Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The word 
where in Greek means exactly there in the very place where your treasure is. The word treasure, a form of the Greek word thesaurus, it describes a treasure, money, riches, resources, investments. For where you put your cash, where you put your gifts, where you put your money there, in Greek, the Greek word ek, exactly there will your heart be also. So the Apostle Paul, now we're going to see in the book of Corinthians, agrees with the teaching of Jesus that where you put your treasure reveals where your heart is. And in 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul gives us such an important principle that agrees with the teaching of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. And he's writing to the Corinthians. The city of Corinth was a very prosperous city. It was amazing. And the city of Corinth had made an announcement that they were going to give a huge sacrificial gift for the Apostle Paul's ministry. And everywhere Paul went, he was telling the other churches, wow, listen to what the Corinthians are going to do to help us with the advancement of the gospel. He was spreading the news all over everywhere he went, but there was one problem. The Corinthians forgot they made the promise and they never gave. Can you imagine? Now Paul has told churches all over what the Corinthians are going to do and they never did it. So he wrote to them and reminded them, hey guys, you made a faith promise that you have not kept. It's time for you to step up to the plate and do what you said you were going to do. Maybe you have made a faith promise in the past that you have forgotten to fulfill. Well, it's time for you to fulfill it. But let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and read verse 1 and 2. It says, Moreover, brethren, we do to wit, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Now he's speaking to the Corinthians who are doing pretty well financially, but they forgot to give. And he says, let us give you the example of the Macedonians who didn't just intend to give, they did give. The church of Macedonia. And notice how he describes the churches of Macedonia in the next verse. How that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. But notice these words, deep poverty in Greek. It literally means who being crushed by an embarrassing deep level of poverty and completely lacking in resources. The churches of Macedonia, which was the church of Philippi, a church under great, great stress and great persecution. Many of them had lost their jobs, so they had lost their income. They had lost their homes. They were really suffering because of their faith in Jesus. And yet, even though they have lost so much, this verse tells us their heart was so in the kingdom of God, just like Jesus said, where your heart is, that's where you're going to put your treasure. Their heart was so in the kingdom of God that Paul says they abounded under the riches of their liberality. And the word abounded means to abound, to overflow like our river that is cresting its banks and is now spilling over. They were unbelievably generous. And he describes it as under the riches of their liberality. It describes fabulous riches or bountiful, bountiful generosity. And here we find that the Macedonian church, the believers of Macedonia who were suffering persecution, who had lost their jobs, they had lost their homes, they had lost their salaries, lost their money on account of their faith in Christ, because their hearts were in the kingdom of God, nonetheless, they pooled their resources 
to give a significant offering to the ministry of the Apostle Paul. You know why? Because their heart was in the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. What you do with your money reveals where your heart is. Their heart was in the kingdom of God. So they pulled their resources together and said, we're going to do the maximum we can do to advance the cause of the gospel. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3, Paul comments on their generosity. Listen to what he says. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves. Well, the way this is translated in the King James Version really misses the point. For example, where it says, for to their power, the Greek says, for according to their ability. According to their ability, I bear record, yea, then the King James Version says, and beyond their power, the Greek says, even beyond their ability. So they gave what they could give according to their own ability, but hey, their heart was so in the kingdom of God, they gave beyond their ability. It is supernatural what they gave. Why? Because they were willing of themselves. Willing of themselves in Greek means to do it voluntarily, not by coercion, not because somebody is imploring them and making them to do it. It was from their heart because their heart was in the kingdom of God. They wanted to see the advancement of the gospel. So they pulled all their resources to give the biggest offering they could possibly give. And Paul literally says they did it according to their ability and even beyond their ability because they wanted to do it. Then he adds in verse 4, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of ministering to the saints. <laughs> There's so much insight in this verse because the word praying is a form of the Greek word deomai, which means to beg, to employ, or to plead, which means Paul, who knew of their destitute financial condition when he heard what they were going to give to him for the ministry probably said guys keep it you need this money but they prayed him the greek word deomai it literally means they begged him they implored him they pleaded with him what do you mean you're not going to accept our gift you teach us that if we sow we'll reap what do you mean you're not going to accept the gift and they begged they implored, they pleaded with him, please receive the gift. In fact, Paul says they did it with much entreaty. Much entreaty simply means a lot of pleading, a lot of begging. And I understand this entirely because there have been moments in our own ministry when somebody has brought a gift for the work of the ministry and I know what's going on in their lives. And I know that financially they're really, really struggling and yet now they bring a huge sacrificial gift. And my tendency is to say, keep it. I understand what you're going through in your life. Thank you that you want to help, but I, I, I know that you really need this money to pay the bills. But my friends, that would be a violation of what we believe and what we teach. They're sowing out of their deficit. They're sowing out of their need. They're doing what they need to do to open the windows of heaven over their life to change their financial situation. And that's exactly what was going on between the churches of Macedonia and the Apostle Paul. They were begging. They were pleading. They were imploring. What do you mean you're not going to receive our gift? You teach us that if we sow, we'll reap. And Paul says they prayed us with much 
entreaty, a lot of pleading, a lot of begging that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of ministering to the saints. That is amazing. Then in verse 5, and this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave of their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. And there's such a key here about giving. Notice it says, they gave their own selves to the Lord first. They called Jesus the Lord of their life. And when you call Jesus the Lord of your life, it means he's the Lord of your life. He's the Lord of you. He's the Lord of your marriage. He's the Lord of your relationships. He's the Lord of your job. He's the Lord of your salary. He's the Lord of your giving. You've given everything that you have to him. And now you are at his disposal to do whatever he asks. And Paul says, hey, they gave themselves to the Lord and the Lord was instructing them to do this. Now, what is amazing to me is the book of Philippians is written to the churches of Macedonia. They were Paul's partners. The Philippians were the very people that Paul was describing. And when you come to Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, we have a promise that Paul makes to the Philippians or to the churches of Macedonia in response to their generous giving. And in response to their generous giving, Paul says, Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That verse specifically holds a promise for givers. Now, I realize everybody claims this verse. But if you're going to really understand this verse in context, he was writing to the churches of Macedonia. He was writing to the Philippians who had generously and sacrificially given. This was a verse that he wrote to those who generously gave. He says, in response to your giving, I declare, my God shall now supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, or they were promised that because they were generous, God was going to be generous now with them. And here's the RIV of Philippians 4.19. But my God will supply all your needs so completely that he will eliminate all your deficiencies he will meet all your physical and tangible needs until you're so full you have no more capacity to hold anything else. He will supply all your needs until you're totally filled, packed full, and overflowing to the point of bursting at the seams and spilling over. And my friends, this agrees with what we saw on Wednesday, that when we bring generous gifts to God, it opens the windows of heaven and God pours out a blessing so big that we don't even have room to receive it. Listen to the RIV of this verse again. But my God will supply all your needs so completely that he will eliminate all your deficiencies. He will meet all your physical and tangible needs until you're so full you have no more capacity to hold anything else. He will supply all your needs until you're totally filled, packed full, and overflowing to the point of bursting at the seams and spilling over. No wonder Malachi 3.10 records God saying, prove me. Give me an opportunity to show you what I'll do. If you'll just bring your generous gifts to me, I will open the windows of heaven, pour out so much, you'll be bursting at the seams. But Philippians 4.19 was written to the believers in Macedonia who were suffering 
the church of Philippi, because they pooled their resources and gave. And I think it's amazing that the Apostle Paul said, please just keep it, keep, keep it. You need it more than me. And they said, no, you're not going to do that to us. You taught us to give. And Paul says, they prayed us. The Greek word, they begged us. They implored us. They pleaded with us, receive this. In fact, they did it with much entreaty, a lot of begging, a lot of pleading. What do you mean you're not going to receive our gift? This is the way we're going to dig our way out of our mess. We're giving, so we'll reap. And they received it. And now the Apostle Paul says, wow, God's going to meet your need until you have no more capacity to hold anything else. He's going to supply all your needs till you're totally filled, packed full, overflowing to the point of bursting at the seams and spilling over. Or he says, God is going to generously respond to you because you have been generous with God. Wow. But according to Jesus, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, what we do with our money reveals the condition of our heart. He said, where your treasure is, the word where in Greek means exactly there, where your treasure is, that word treasure describes a treasure, cash, money, resources, investments, where you put your cash, where you put your money, what you do with your offerings will reveal where your heart is. And the churches of Macedonia had hearts that were in the kingdom of God. The Corinthians made a big promise that they would give and never followed through. And Paul really chides them by giving them the example of the Philippians, the Macedonians, who didn't have much, but by faith they were giving because they were going to give their way out of their mess. What if you have not faithfully given? Well, then make a determination that you're going to begin. If you don't know how to begin big, then just begin. Just get started and day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, grow in the grace of giving. You can grow in the grace of giving. Martin Luther said this, I have held many things in my hand and have lost them all, but whatever I have placed in God's hands, that I still possess. That is amazing. Those words are so powerful. Material things are short-lived. Eventually they run out. We lose them. But whatever we place into God's hand for eternal purposes never leave us. We have them forever. That is remarkable to me. And my friends, I want to encourage you today that if you're not a partner, become a partner. If you're not a giver to your church, become a giver to your church. Just get started. And as a result, God will be generous in blessing you because God is generous with the generous. We saw that Monday. We saw on Tuesday how God responds to sacrificial giving. We saw on Wednesday that when you bring generously into the house of God, it opens the windows of heaven. We saw yesterday that Jesus is watching how we give. He's watching what we give. And today we've seen that if we will just give by faith, God himself will pour blessings into our life until we feel that we are just bursting at the seams and spilling over. And if you say, well, I've never experienced that, then upgrade your faith and begin to believe for it because that is the promise of God to generous givers in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Wow. I'll be back in just a moment, and I want to pray for you. Hey friends and partners, this is Rick Renner. You can probably see my breath 
because it's minus nine here right now, but I'm standing in the new building for our Moscow TV studio. And I wanna say thank you to you for all of your sacrificial giving, for being a part of our giving team. Phase one enabled us to construct this building and it is completely paid for, the building itself, the windows, the doors, all the way to the roof, even the heating system. And in phase one, we were enabled to purchase our building in Tulsa and now we have secured it. But now in phase two, we need to finish the interior of this building. We can't move into it the way that it is today. But my friends, in a very short time, we're going to have cameras working in this building and from this location, we're going to be sending teaching that people can trust to the ends of the planet. And the focus of phase two is finishing this facility. And as I told you before, it's not about buildings. It's about having a building so that we can create programming that will change people's lives. And I'm asking you to please pray about being a part of the giving team to finish phase two, which is completing the interior of this building. And I promise you, we will be so careful with every penny and every dollar you give. We understand the value of money. And we're going to pray for God to magnificently and massively multiply your giving back to you again. Thank you so much. Please become a part of our giving team to finish phase two as we complete the interior of the Moscow TV studio. My friend, I'm so excited about the RIV of Philippians 4.19. I want to read it to you one more time. Listen to this. But my God will supply all your needs so completely that he will eliminate all your deficiencies. He will meet all your physical and tangible needs until you're so full you have no more capacity to hold anything else. He will supply all your needs until you're totally filled, packed full and overflowing to the point of bursting at the seams and spilling over. That is the promise of God to givers. And if you are a giver, you can lay claim to that promise. But you need to renew your mind to the whole teaching in the Bible about giving. And that's why I want you to order my series called How to Open the Window of Heaven Over Your Life. What the Bible really says about giving. It will thrill you. It will encourage you. It will financially change your life. And this series comes with a great study guide so that you can read it while you see it or while you hear it. And today is the last day that we're offering this on the program. And today is also the last day that we're offering my book called A Life Ablaze, 10 Simple Keys to Living on Fire for God. You can order all of these things by going online or by giving us a call. And please let us know how to pray for you. But Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that you promised you will be generous with the generous, that you will respond to sacrificial giving. You'll open the windows of heaven. Lord, we know you're watching how we give. You're looking at what we give. And you promise that if we give with a right heart, you will pour such blessing into our lives that we will not have room to receive it. Help us to upgrade our faith that we could embrace this great abundance that you want to pour into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Hey, I'll see you in the next program. But remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power. Renner Ministries is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ through every available media to the uttermost parts of the earth. Discover the many ways you can help us make a difference in lives around the world with the Word of God. We invite you to partner with us in teaching, strengthening, and rescuing lives for the glory of God. Together, we can make a difference that will last throughout eternity. 